awful, just inexcusable no call in the end zone at the end of the game or towards the end of the game, um, just just offensively, um, just a, just a very, very disappointing day. Tyler McComas, Mike Steely is going to join us for this first segment. Yeah, Travis Davidson will be live from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in Stillwater. And, um, Mike, let's just start here, man. Um, I, I don't think the defense necessarily played perfect, but they played good enough to win today. They got fourth down stops. They got turnovers. And I've been complaining about it now for a month. But this offense was put in spots to put this at a two-score game and really extend and take the game away. And time and time and time again, they weren't able to do that. After a big Billy Bowman interception, they get it to midfield. They have a couple of nice plays, and they don't do anything with it. So blame it on the offense. Blame it on Jeff Levy. Blame it on whoever you want. But I think the the offense today, the play caller, everything, um, is the main reason why you dropped this game today. Yeah, if you go up, you've got a 21-17 lead. You've got all the momentum in the world. The defense is playing, you know, not great, but good enough football to win that game. And you can't deliver the knockout punch. And you can talk all you want to. And it was a horrible no call on the P.I. Clearly a P.I. I mean, the, the, the rules official in the booth said, I don't know how they don't call that pass interference. So... You know, it's not just a homer comment, even by OU fans. The the dude in the booth said it should have been called pass interference. But you're up 21 to 17. You go up 28 17 in that football game. It's over. You put all kinds of questions in the Cowboys' minds at that point based on the history of this series. Yet you cannot do it. You've got to drive the stake through the heart right there. They failed to do it, they paid for it. Yes, they got screwed by the officials on the no-call there, but also they put themselves in that situation. And even Brent Venables, you can't get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty there. You're the head coach. You preach about details. You preach about responsibility and all that. Guess what? That's on you as well. So, again, just uh, it's a game that Oklahoma should have won, in my opinion. Credit to Cowboys. They came back. You know, made the plays when they had to, but the Sooners left them in the game like they've done again and again and again when they have a chance to deliver a knockout punch. They haven't done it, and uh, and they paid for it. Haven't done it consistently, and it cost you once again yeah. today. Had a chance, just go get a first down. Last week, you're not able to do it. Go get a score. Just get get the get the lead to seven points. You know, go get a field goal on some of those drives when you're getting the ball around midfield after a huge turnover. Like you had the momentum yeah, in yeah. so many of these spots, and you just did nothing with it, man. You just did nothing with it, and it's so disappointing when you just look at like the the, the first drive of the game. Gavin Sawchuk goes 64 yards, and I think the run game was you know okay. It was good for the most part, but just this offense only really responded seemingly when it felt like it had to go down and get a drive. And it's just another day where you just wasted so many opportunities to push that to a two-score game. And what are you doing on the fourth and five on your final offensive play? I've got no issue yeah. at all throwing the ball there to Drake Stoops. Drake Stoops was awesome. 12 catches, 134 yards, one touchdown. He was um, he was solid all day long. He was clutch for you all day long. Probably the best game of his career. But it's fourth and five. 
Know the situation mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. You cannot throw it. You cannot throw it short of the sticks right on the boundary yeah. there. Like, even if that play was made, and maybe Drake did make the play. Hell, I don't even remember now. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get the first down. You've got to have more awareness. Blame that on Gabriel. Blame that on the play call. Blame it on whatever you want. But you got to have more awareness in that spot on the fourth and five. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I know. Um, you know, it's it's little stuff like that, again, that you you just shake your head. And uh, they had another chance on, you know, one of the third down calls down the stretch where they ran it again, kind of like they did against Kansas, where, again, it wasn't aggressive enough. They were more aggressive today, but still, in a couple of situations, they weren't aggressive enough. So, well, again, he- I think the defense, you know, they – they did a pretty decent job on Ollie Gordon, right? I mean, they did a great job on Ollie Gordon game compared and, to what you know, he's done Alex, in the past. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, thirty-three absolutely. carries, one hundred and thirty-seven yards. He did have the two touchdowns, but just four point mm-hmm. two yards per carry. You outrushed Oklahoma State as a team today, and just kind of overall, like yes, the defense did some good things. Shut him down twice on fourth and shorts. Billy Bowman gets that big interception. You know, they really, you know, they they weren't great early. They gave up quick uh, seventeen quick points. But they were solid down the stretch. That's a defensive performance that should be good enough for an OU offense to win the game and maybe win the game by double digits. But the fact of the matter is this team does some good things, and it does good things at times throughout the game. But, Mike, it, they just have a terrible knack of shooting themselves in the foot. You've got some momentum going on a drive. And there's a false start that backs you up to a first and 15. You get a first yep. and five after Oklahoma State has 12 men on the field. You lose four, and then you have a penalty, and all of a sudden you're way back behind the sticks. This team does some good things, but it just feels like too consistently it makes some bad mistakes to put them behind the sticks. The defensive drive, again, I'm not going to complain too much about the defense today, but on the touchdown drive that you give up late, there's four penalties. And two of them, yeah. I, I know the pass interference call. Obviously, Brent didn't like that one. But four penalties on that drive, it's just, I don't know if you want to call it an undisciplined team, but it's a team that still makes too many mistakes at times. Yeah, and like I said, the head coach can't be getting a penalty there. I love Brent. I love his passion, you know, but he's preaching uh, attention to detail, you know, uh, responsibility, you know, all of that stuff, and he failed in that respect. Yeah, he did. All right, 405 329 We got a lot of uh, – you, you know, you think you think about a Tyler when, again, you're up 21-17. to 17, You get Oklahoma State with the horrible throwback by Ollie Gordon. You've got all the momentum. Again, you can't convert on a fourth down. And then uh, – well, that, that was the first time around. Then you can't convert – after Bowman's pick, too, when you had all the chances in the world to take that momentum, grab it, go in the football game, you can't do it. And then again, you, you leave it in the hands of the officials who made a, a horrible mistake, should have been a P.I. against Drake Stoops, but so much of this is on the offense again and not being able to deliver that knockout punch. I'm repeating myself like a broken record, but I, I think that's that's the ball game Again, you... you you think in the history of this series, if Oklahoma goes up 28-17 to 17, at that point, that juncture in the football game, that they don't win it? Because I surely think you go up 28-17 in that game, you win it. Yeah. But they well, didn't. The, 
and, and, the, and now you're faced with the realization. You were 7-0. and You had this great opportunity to make it to the playoff with what we thought was a soft schedule down the back half of the season. And, and look, you're better than, at least I think, I mean, you should go beat Kansas and Oklahoma State on the road. But now your national title hopes, if you had them before, are gone. Your college football playoff hopes are gone. And now you're essentially tied for fourth in the Big 12 standings. It's a bad loss today. No other way to say it. Shouldn't have happened. It's a bad loss today. Very, very disappointing moment for this fan base. And we'll, we'll get to reactions from the fan base coming up next. 405-329-9000. You know the number to call in. 405-651-3439 is the text line. We'll get to that as well. It is the Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show live on The Ref. OU loses it in Bedlam, 27-24. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Stillwater. And before we get to the phone lines, Travis, I'll just uh, let you have a quick moment here to uh, give your post-game thoughts. Uh, what you, would you think about what we saw there? Yeah, just uh, the same things that have come back to bite us all year, right? I mean, inconsistency, um, really stifling our own momentum after making big, momentous plays on defense. Um, Multiple stops, short yardage stops, just didn't get paid off by the offense. Uh, You know, Nick Anderson, we say he's the best wide receiver on this team. He dropped a a short touchdown, a key part of the game. Brennan Thompson drops a, uh, a, a fourth down ball that uh, would have been a first down, you know. You miss a field goal, you, know, you get 30 yards of penalties on one play. It's just kept shooting yourself in the foot, you know. And I think the defense overall played pretty well without having Danny Stutzman for, for much of the game. And then Gentry Williams was in and out of the game, obviously. So uh, Key Lawrence in and out of the game. So, I mean, all in all, like I said, defense seemed to play fine. Uh, especially against Ollie Gordon for much of the game. Offense, just just weird, man. Offense is just weird. And, y- yes, Oklahoma State was um, had some convenient injuries uh, after oh, Sooner long, first man. downs. We see that every week All now, day like. long. All day long. Um, but, you know, you got to expect that. If you run up-tempo and you're successful running up-tempo, you're going to have teams lay down against you. You just – can't throw your hands in the air and say, well, I guess I just don't know how to call the next play. You still got to get out there and do it. So, um, obviously, the discussion is going to be about that Drake Stoops, uh, you know, pass interference call. Even the ESPN announcers are going crazy about it on the post game. Uh, but, you know, you got to put yourself in a better position to win. Yeah. You know, no game should should come down to whether one penalty is called or not. Oklahoma had multiple opportunities and just never took advantage of them. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, OU put itself in that spot. They should have really closed the game out before then and and not have to rely on that. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, if that's not textbook pass interference, I don't know what is. I mean, the the guy literally got tackled. Um, If the Big 12 tries to issue some public apology to Oklahoma, I I don't really want it. Maybe Brent Venables doesn't want it either. I don't know. Again, that's not what single-handedly lost you the game, but it it was really bad. It was really bad at a critical moment in the game. Uh, all right, let's get to the phone lines, 405-329-9000. Yes, we'll read the text as well. Let's go to Sean. Sean, you're on the postgame show. What's up, man? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, well, you guys have covered a lot of it. it, it was, that was a horrible no call. But the to not even throw a – to not even run a play that's got first down yardage 
in that situation, you just need a field goal to tie. You've got a timeout. It uh, it makes no sense what we were attempting to do. And then, by the way, here's one for you. I texted you, Tyler. In two years, Brent and Oklahoma have lost to every Big 12 team except Iowa State. That's yep. amazing. That that the better team did not win that game. And I, I, I echo Travis's sentiments. The defense, and this is modern college football, you're going to give up plays and you're going to give up some points. The defense absolutely played well enough to win the game and should have won the game. And it was a direct, it, it, it was the same game as last week. You get the big pick with a chance to seal the game. Steely's right. You go down and get seven. That game's over. And you run, you slam Walker three times on the same play. I'm, it's just unbelievable. I guess we'll get Pop-Tarts this year instead of Cheez-Its. But, yeah. I mean, And, and, and even all, early in the game, I, I know we're focusing on the, what happened late in the game, but even earlier in the game, man, like when OU really made the decision to run downhill with Sawchuck and – just really attack oh, OSU secondary? Like, that's when the offense was at its best. Well, but you, you still you try to get running... cute from time to time and still go side to side. And, and it just, I don't know, man. It was frustrating. You're, you mean when you're running down their throat and you direct snap to Barnes on what I can only assume was supposed to be a flea flicker as he tried to hand the ball back to Gabriel? I mean, you've got your one play where it's a little flick to Farouk. But at the end of the day... Again, defensively, you should have won the game. Do we, and this is not because Anthony is out. You've got skilled players at receiver. But do we have any playmakers on this team outside of Gabriel? I mean, you know, PG, I mean your best playmaker today was wearing number 12. It was it was Drake Stoops. I mean, that, that was your yeah, big play receiver today. Had a great today. game. Had a great game. But I and, – and, and had a great um, – explain the last drive. Can't. I mean, they, just they hit on that big play. It. Yeah, well, and here's like that that drive was almost the the day in a nutshell offensively. It's even when you hit on a big play and you did to Farouk, that was a hell of a play. But then you look up after a big play and all of a sudden you have third and 12. You're like, how, how, right. how did you how'd you get here? How, how to, and, and I guess this isn't the last drive. This is the drive before where you get the field goal. But it's third and 12. How, how did you get here? I mean, you should go down and score well, on that drive if you like. And I want you guys' opinion on that decision. Because if you go for it and don't get it, you've got them pinned. You've got your timeout. You had two timeouts. Why not attempt to take the lead there? That I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I But, again, just like with the drive after the pick, the field goal there tells me you're playing to not lose – you're not playing to win the game. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 can even, I can even go back to a direct snap to Javante Barnes earlier in the game for frustration. I mean, when, when are they going to stop doing that? Because that was a well, that was and, well, here's turnover. The, here's the thing, guys. I want, to, I want to bring up that play. Because he handed the ball immediately to Dylan Gabriel, and I know this sounds crazy, but crazier things have happened. Is it possible that Dylan somehow accidentally lined up behind the guard and Javante somehow lined up behind center. So when the snap came back, 
Javante caught it and handed it to Dylan. Like, is that, that is can, that even possible? Because yeah. I can't imagine a play in a yeah. playbook that requires you to snap it to a guy, run no motion, nothing. But once the ball is caught, immediately hand it to the quarterback. Like, it's just taking longer to get to the quarterback at that point. Like, it, it makes even, like I said, it sounds crazy, but it makes more sense to me if they if I knew they lined up in the wrong spot. Excellent point, Trevor. Excellent. It does. And you have the same issue with the snap later in the game. You know, you had a bad snap. It's just an inexcusable loss against – you are better than that team. And, again, you've just – you've blown an opportunity. You're never going to have a schedule like this again, and it's an exact repeat of yep. last week. But, anyway, hey, thanks for the time, guys. Yep. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Again, 405-329-9000 if, uh, if you want to hop in here. Let's go to Chris out there in Louisiana. Chris, what's up? You're on the post game show. What's going on, fellas? Uh, just talking about, um, boy, the, the offense falling short today, Chris, amongst other things. You know, like I was telling your guy off there, the first couple of plays of the game, why are we throwing it to Gavin uh, uh, Gavin Freeman? Why? I mean, why is that? I mean, I, I, I don't understand that. Then there was another play, and then you want to then you want to put the kicker in a predicament. His kicking problems are already a problem. But yet you want to go for a fifty-one field goal, fifty-one yard field goal. I mean, I, I don't understand that. That 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 I don't understand. You know, I, I mean, why are we why are we even throwing these jet sweeps on the side and all this kind of stuff? Clearly, you, you, you do these plays in predic and in predicaments we're not in the position for. I mean, we're behind the chains and we're behind the score. Why are you calling those dumb plays? I don't know, I mean, man. I just don't understand it. You throw it to, uh, you don't even put, I, you know, you only use Brennan Thompson one time. That was last week. You put him in this week. He didn't do nothing. Yeah, he, he got the want... first, he got a reception on the first play of the second half, and they tried to throw it to him deep. Was it the next play or a couple of plays after that was underthrown a little bit? But, yeah, after that, I don't feel like and he we dropped saw the fourth Thompson. Down. Yeah, yeah, he dropped the fourth down, which I guess would have been negated by the um, the Nick Anderson OPI. But, yeah, I, I thought we'd see a lot more Brendan Thompson today. I don't, I'm not going to say that that's what lost you the game by any stretch, but I thought you'd see where, more and, of that today. And even where's Jaden Gibson? Uh, Travis, did, I, I don't think I don't think Gibson even got a target today. I don't know if I saw him on the field. Did you see him on the field? I mean, I, I, just, I, th- I don't understand this man. No, I, I, don't I don't think I did. I don't understand the rationale behind this man's play calling. I don't understand. This is the same kind of foolishness he did at the Kansas game. Yeah, there's not, I, I'm not, gonna, not a I'm whole not lot of rhythm. I'm not going to blame the defense. The defense did the best that they could. I, I don't blame them. But the penalties, I, I – I, I don't like going the penalty way, but that no call should have been called. Because guess what? They gave us the penalty against Oklahoma State, but you mean to tell me it happens to us? You don't want to say nothing? And like I heard the commentator say, you know, they tell coaches all the time to get on the side or they'll get a penalty. That man just threw the flag. And I understand Brent was mad, but he should have stayed off the he should have stayed off the uh, he should have stayed off the field. That was yeah. no excuse, but at the same time, they don't usually call throw a flag on that. Yeah, so hey, in my Chris, mind, I'm already looking at it. Oh, okay, so the Big 12's already got it against us anyway. But you know what? I don't give a damn about the Big 12. Forget them. 
Yeah. I, that right there, that performance, that performance with that offensive staff is horrible and it's horrendous. I'm sick of Jeff Levy. I don't have no confidence in him. There's no way we're going to survive in the SEC with that kind of play calling. You can't I agree, play. man. I agree. Rick, Rick, hey, Chris, Chris, appreciate the phone call, man. I, I agree. Jeff Levy taking a lot of arrows on the text line as well. Uh, and we can get to some of those. Let me just read a handful of these. 580 Walker looked good in the second half. Why was he not playing more? Uh, did you feel they didn't play Tommy Walker enough in the second half? I mean, they ended up going back to uh, uh, back to Sawchuck, but I, I thought he got a good run in the second half. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's tough, right, because you don't know how plays are going to work out. I thought, I thought, I mean, early on, Gavin Sawchuck looked like a great back, man. He busts off the longest run of the season. He keeps playing. So the problem is in losses, you get so much – so much hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I mean, Gavin Sawchuk had the best half of a running back, first of all, that he's probably ever had. But also, since it didn't, you know, since Tawi looked good late, although he's not 100% healthy, we say we should have played him in the first half. Okay, so do you want to take snaps away from Gavin Sawchuk, who was having an incredible half? I mean, I don't know. I, I think a lot of that stuff is, oh, you know, maybe if he would have taken Dalen Smothers snaps or Javante Barnes's snaps maybe something like that um, but I mean Gavin Sacha getting the load in the, in the first half was was didn't bother me at all it reminded me actually Tyler of when we used to basically let our you know our our smaller faster backs kind of early in the game kind of set the tone and then we bring in the big bruiser late and lean on them once the defense has kind of been you know uh, roughed up a little bit that's what it felt like to me Tyler was yeah. you got a tired defense at Oklahoma State, and you say, hey, you're tired defense, have fun tackling Tawi Walker. That's what I thought. 313, what an embarrassment. This is on the coaching staff. DG is not a high-caliber quarterback. Put the freshman in and get some experience so we can move on to the SEC. This year is done. It's over. Levy sucks. Um, I thought DG, I, I don't think DG played poorly. I thought he had a bad throw on an interception down the field and maybe a throw or two that he wanted back, but... I guess I just don't look at this game as one where Dylan Gabriel was awful. Am I, am I going to be in the minority on that one? Yeah, I I think it's one of those things that people that um, are looking to, to, to point fingers at somebody, obviously Levy is going to catch the most arrows, but I think, the, I think people that have been dogging on Dylan Gabriel the entire year are going to look at this because we lost the game and say it was on Dylan Gabriel too. I mean, he completed 70% of his passes for 344 yards. Yes, he had the deep pick. But he also had a touchdown, a beautiful touchdown drop that hit Nick Anderson in the hands, and he he was open by three yards. Yep. I mean, he he had some plays there where it's like, okay, like if 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 Nick Anderson catches that ball, then a we probably win. But b DG's thrown for over four hundred yards. I mean, you know, like there at a certain point, at a certain point, you can you can admit that Dylan Gabriel didn't lose you the game. Now, <clears throat> when they pair that with Jackson Arnold should have been in. Then, then at that point, I I usually just can't take that person seriously. Yeah, I mean, in, you in can't a game put like in this, true I, I freshman, true freshman that you haven't seen play all year, and if you complain about Levy with his calling of uh, you know when Dylan Gabriel's in there, why do you think that's going to change when Jackson Arnold gets in there? Like why why do you think that all of a sudden we're going to you know block it up better? Or you think receivers are going to catch the ball better or anything like that? Like. Dylan Gabriel has had some bad games in his career. I don't think this one. I don't think this one qualifies for that. But you know, it does raise the interesting question, Tyler. 
What do you do down the stretch now that the conference uh, and the uh, and the playoff is out of the picture? Do you? Oh, uh, they're going to still start Gilbert Jackson Gabriel. Four minutes. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jackson oh, might get more series. Yeah, he like, and I, I get what you're saying. He might get a series or two throughout a game, maybe. But this is still Gabriel's team. And if people want to be critical today, I'll be right there with you guys. Um, we can talk about Jeff Levy's decisions today. We can talk about Brent Venables getting the unsportsmanlike penalty. We, we can go there. I just Dylan Gabriel's pretty far down the line for me in terms of pl- uh, people or players that we're going to criticize for today. But, look, like there, there's a text that says Tencent arm, Tyler. No, I've never said once that Dylan Gabriel has some elite arm. He has some shortcomings as a quarterback, and we saw that on the one interception we, that they had today. But still, I, I thought Dylan Gabriel, for the most part, was pretty good. He wasn't excellent. It wasn't A+. Plus. Dylan Gabriel ain't the main reason that you lost the game today. Uh, okay, 405-329-9000. We'll get to more phone calls next, more text. Travis is there at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in Stillwater. More to come next right here on The Ref. Woody Chevrolet Center Game Day wrap-up show live on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis, before we get back to the phone lines, um, boy, I don't envy you being you uh, there, there at a Stillwater Buffalo Wild Wings, but um, I'm sure the party's going on up there right now. What's uh, what's the scene at the B-Dubs? Well, um, it has cleared out a bit. Uh, I'm told there was a large Sooner contingent here. Um and, uh, yeah, only a few sticking around, uh, some tears in the beers, no doubt, but uh, um, some smiling Cowboy fans, some smiling pokes uh, in, in the building, no doubt. But, hey, come through, uh, drown your sorrows if you're in the area or if you're hate listening um, as a poke fan. Come through and say hi. Jimmy and Edmund, this game is not on our players. Yes, we had a drop touchdown, bad no call in the end zone. I blame the offense and BV with the 15-yard penalty. They have to get it together. It's bad. Toe for B from OKC, 14 of 22 games. OU's offense has failed to score 35. 8 of 22, they have failed to score 30 points. 918, DG is absolutely not the problem. Refs, coaches, and just flat out not enough playmakers on either side of the ball. Uh, let's see. Chad and Owasso, defense played more than well enough to win. This is on Levy. I thought DG played good. This is on Levy. Very pedestrian OSU defense. Only scoring 24 points is a joke. OU's defense gave the offense plenty of opportunities to take control of the game and squandered it. And, uh, yeah, Chad, I think I pretty much agree with uh, with all those. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Let's go to Jessica. Jessica, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Hey, guys. Um, I just you – can't, you can't start as slow as we did. And yep. – that's on Jeff Levy, like, which it is. But at the same time, they just, like, you know the refs are going to potentially just be on the other team's side. And that's been proven to us by, you know, not only last week with that confirmed catch that I'm still confused about, but you're just sitting there and they threw the ball into the stands and they called a pass interference. And I want to be mad at Jeff Levy. I want to be mad at some of like the things that went wrong, but they tackled Drake Soups in the end zone before the ball got there. And he still almost managed to catch the ball. And I'm not quite yeah. sure if he didn't successfully. There was nothing uncatchable about it. I think he had both feet in the end zone when that ball got there. So if you actually would have caught the ball, Jessica, you're right. Like that would have been a touchdown. 
So you can't argue um, it wasn't a catchable ball. You can't. I, I don't. I mean, you can't really argue anything. It was a. It was a pi. It's pretty obvious. No, hundred percent. It was totally a pass interference, especially as throwing into the stands is a pass interference. Just a couple of drives before, but you can't start as slow as you can't like they did, and expect to win the way the ref calls have gone this year. It's not been partial at all. Yeah, they were down 17-7 with nine minutes and 42 seconds left in the second quarter, and it didn't feel good. So you're right, Jessica, back-to-back weeks where you didn't start off fast. In fact, you uh, started off slow on both sides. So good phone call. Good to hear from you. There you go, 405-329-9000. We've got an open line, uh, so you can hop in. Let's go to Brian. Brian, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Hey, guys. Um, I, do you know the real reason we lost today? I can think of a few, but what do you think? We didn't, we, we didn't run enough jet sweeps. <laughs> Zero we jet sweeps jet today. Sweeps. Gee, I'm, yeah, su- I'm shocked they didn't run it on that fourth and five at the end of the game. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, everybody's made good points, and you guys have as well. Uh, we could talk about the injuries. We could talk about, you know, some position coaches and this and that. But I want to focus on one coach before – I'll get to the next thing. Um, what I would like to see, one, is Jeff Levy just leave. Don't, you know, don't go – just go away. Don't go away mad. Just go away. Um, I don't like his offense. I don't think it's diverse enough. And wouldn't we all like to see – I mean, BV is a defensive head coach. Wouldn't we all like to see a team that can speed it up when they want to, but primarily slows it down – but puts this emphasis on execution. And being able to have a quarterback go under center, how about have a couple of huge H-backs when we want to put them in, a couple of big tight ends, and run some either immediate routes, do some different things, um, because his offense is becoming so predictable. I mean, yeah, he, he dials up a few new things every week, but he's catch on to that, you know? Yeah. Um Hey, there's a lot of times, Brian, where I just want to keep. I just want him to keep it more simple. You know, um, I'm trying to find the exact play on my uh, play sheet here, but there was like a bubble pass to. And Drake Stoops had a hell of a game, but it was like a third down, and it felt like you were in field goal range, and you run a bubble to Drake Stoops on a third and eight. You lose six, and then you try a 51 yarder, and you missed it. Like there's just times yeah. where I want him to just keep it more simple, rather than getting like yeah. you know, you know, super, you know, uh, east and west or. I know their stadium sits east and west, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. It's to the point now where, you know, like after Fruit's great catch, uh, which he got interfered with, um, I still kind of said to myself, you know, they're still going to wait. They're going to find a way to screw this up. They're not going to get the end zone. Sure enough, they didn't. So (laughs) it's this choppiness of play is, is. uh, since last year, and it's you're seeing it again now, against the better teams, they could play look great for several plays, and then just all of a sudden, it's just everything bogs down like they've got a 50 pound weight on their ankle, you know? Yeah. And it, 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 it's 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 a trend now, guys. It's a trend. And here's the thing: going forward, I don't see that changing. I mean, you could bring in some other players or this or that, um, but that's not going to change until you change that philosophy. And I think that would suit better with the defense going into the SEC. Um, 
you know, Ole Miss went the same thing, but they're better coached because you can tell it was Lane Kiffin that was running that offense. It was Jeff Levy. Uh, you know, yeah. it could have been. Yeah, hey, been. well, he, here's here's the thing: is I'm glad you brought up the Lane Kiffin thing because it's kind of similar, and and you know, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here, so come out here with me, guys. Um, it, it's kind of similar to like Eric Bieniemy, right? He got all this mm-hmm. hate, not hate necessarily, but people were wondering why he wasn't getting hired, and everybody said, well, it's because Andy Reid is the one calling the plays, and Andy Reid would say, well. We all collaboratively design the offense. We all coordinate the offense that way. I think what's becoming more and more clear by the week is that Levy has been in the room designing offense with Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel and Art Bryles and all these guys. And I think it's the design is good, like the weekly preparation is good. But when it comes to in-game execution of actually calling the plays, I think I think that's where I think that's a weakness of his, and maybe not a weakness, but yeah. I mean I know most people are going to say weakness right now, but at least I think the designs make a lot of sense. It's just the timing of certain calls don't make a ton of sense. So so I think that might yeah. be the issue is more almost like a B enemy situation where have a great hey, feel during the weeks great great designs, but when it comes to actually calling the plays, just doesn't have a good feel. Yeah. Wouldn't you like an offense that actually threw to a tight end more and had H backs and just had a little bit more? Well, that's more, but that's more that's part of the problem with an RPO. More. Yeah, I know. I don't like the RPO. Is I don't like the RPO. Yeah, it's no. it's part of the problem is you've got Stogner who is it looks a bit heavy footed. He did have a nice block uh, for Gavin Sawchuk and sprung that big run. But, man, he got blew up a lot whenever we were trying to go east-west. He's not really – I mean, D- Dylan doesn't look for him at all. I don't know whatever reason that is. But as, as bad as it got with the tight ends, guys, the worst thing with the tight ends today actually happened on Twitter when oh, I, uh, I believe it was I mean, OU Barstool geez. tweeted out uh, that we uh, – how do we not have a better tight end than uh, Austin Stogner and Jason Llewellyn – retweeted it so um yeah devon mitchell can't get here soon enough i guess (laughs) hey you you guys are talking about what you want to see from this offense really you brian i just want an offense that can deliver the kill shot and it had a great memorable drive a great memorable moment at uh, at the cotton bowl this year that was awesome and we'll talk about it for a long time but they just had so many opportunities to deliver that kill shot and I, I don't know why. Who do you blame it on? That's got to fall uh, on Jeff Levy's shoulders. But I'll just start there, Brian. Just just an yeah, offense that so, can push it to two scores because they can't yeah, do it. For, uh, that drive against Texas, uh, as we know now, was an anomaly. So <laughs> the football gods gave us one that day. That's yeah. clear. Hey, good to so, talk to you, man. Um, you know, take care, guys. There you go. Uh, okay, a couple of quotes before we hit a break. Brent Venables on the non-PI call on Drake Stoops in the corner of the end zone, quote, I thought that's what pass interference was, end quote. So pretty straightforward there by uh, by Brent Venables. Um, also, well, he goes on to say that, and then he also goes on to say that um, he was surprised by the penalty that he received, says that he was just asking a question. So we'll try to get you more Brent Venables post-game reaction as the uh, post-game show rolls on. It is the Windy Chevrolet Center Game Day Wrap-Up Show. More to come next right here on The Ref. Windy Chevrolet Center Game Day Wrap-Up Show. Windy Chevrolet, where you get the hometown experience. Visit them in Purcell, Windy Chevy, Purcell.com. I'll read a few texts. We'll get back to the text line. 
Uh, Levy's play calling does not allow us to sustain drives. From the 580, give me Cal's OC. 405, I guess OSU has their referees corralled. Um, yeah, we're getting a uh, lot of angry takes right now. 903, Oklahoma is really good at making mediocre teams look like world beaters by playing down to their level. The last three weeks are evidence. That's from Paris Sooner. 405, the uh, the refs will never have to buy another beer in Stillwater. The PI call on Vickers was just as bad as the other. And uh, that's the thing, Travis, is when we talk about this game, uh, we will be – at least the OU side will probably be bringing up for the uh, the officiating in this game. Last Bedlam for a while, and the officiating is kind of you know one of the major storylines there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's you know it's it's unfortunate that it'll overshadow it. it, it to be honest, Tyler, and and I've seen this a couple times. Neither team really played well enough to win. Like it was both teams were trying to give it away. I mean, and it's. You know, you'll you will remember the call, and it's because that's going to become a national story as well. Is the call because when you think of Oklahoma State's, you know, I don't know, it, 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 like domination like, theoretically, right? Like you can't talk about OSU's. Oh man, they just went out there and just made the plays they needed to make. Like, yeah, sure, at times they did, but man, that they, there there weren't any clear like big time Ollie Gordon moments where it was just like, man, this guy's just going to put this game away. There wasn't any big moments that you can point to outside of what happened down the stretch. Yeah, San and Tulsa guys, guys, it's just a game. Just kidding, burn everything. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not good. I don't, I don't think they would let me come back if I did that. Yeah, don't do that at Buffalo Wild Wings here in Stillwater. Might lose a client <laughs> there. Would be good. Sunny Hill sooner. Yeah, I, I will not. Uh, Let's go to the phone line. Sunny Hill Sooner, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, we must have uh, cut some hell of a deal with the devil to win that Texas game because, uh, yeah, we're definitely not that team anymore. Um, I think that uh, a lot of people last week were saying, no, you know, we're going to find out, you know, who this team is this week. And I, and I said, no, last week uh, – you know, the loss against KU, that showed us who this team was, and that same team showed up again today, and that same team showed up against UCF. And, look, I think that we don't need to worry about pass interference calls. What we need to worry about is this program tilting right now, regressing right now, and Fair not point. falling apart going into the SEC. Yeah. And I think Castiglione's got to go into BV and shut the door and say every decision from here on out, yes, is about winning, but we have to keep the program on the rails, and we cannot limp into the SEC because we're not ready right now. You know, we can talk about Levy does not know how to steer the car overall on the offense, and that's clear. He's got some good plays. The guy does not know how to drive the offense. Fine, whatever, we deal with it. This is a billion-dollar program, guys. It means everything to the state of Oklahoma, the local economy. They can't let this thing fall apart, and it's tilting right now, and the fans are mad, and we can't go turn into South Carolina or Missouri or, you know, A&M or Mississippi State. This is a dangerous situation, and they got to get it correct. So I think that, that's what that, this is about. No, that, that's an interesting point. I kind of had that down for the uh, second hour of the show, just kind of like a big-picture take here is – 
And, and the SEC maybe isn't as strong as it's been in years past. But you just lost at Kansas and you just lost at Oklahoma State. I realize that yep. those are both top 25 teams, but come on. like, And I know that you're going to agree here. That's a little bit different than going to LSU next year or even going to LSU ne- or to Auburn next year or to Ole Miss next year. This is going to be the easiest schedule that you'll potentially ever have again in the new world of college ever. football in the SEC. And if you're not ready to win those games, like where are you as a program? And, and what I fear, Sonny Hill Sooner, and, and I hope that this program isn't about this. I, I really hope it's not the case. But it's starting to feel like this was a team that geared up for one big game, and they just kind of coasted and can't find it after that. I think you're totally right. Can you imagine this team that couldn't handle the pressure at Kansas going in to Baton Rouge under the light? That, that crowd is you know, drinking all day, loud as can be. Can you imagine? I mean, we, you know, there's, what, 25,000 people at Kansas, and they, they, they folded. You know, good teams grind out wins. The tough wins, they grind them out. This team fades as the game grinds on. They don't have it. And, and this, is, this is a big-picture moment. This is a crossroads moment. This is the easiest schedule we'll ever see ever again. And, and I just am, am, am worried about, about where this thing's heading, and I think this is a time for Castiglione to step in. Uh, nine, win, nine losses, guys. Nine losses in less than two seasons. That, that's, that's unacceptable at Oklahoma, and they're going to run the program into the ground if they don't do something about it. Appreciate hey, you guys talking. Yeah, to appreciate later. the phone call. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Connor, oh, we got uh, Keenan. Keenan's up Keenan, next. Yep. Keenan, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, could you could be a lot better? I'll be honest with you. Yeah, no, I hear you. So I like I've been listening, and I think a lot of people have kind of already said what I have on my mind. I was just kind of going to bounce off of what some other people had to say, like the female that y'all had uh, a few minutes ago talking about the pass interference call and making that a, a game time, like a, not not a game time, but like a game deciding decision and everything. I think if the coaching staff makes a better game plan and executes better as far as the play call goes, we're not in that situation where totally. we have a pass interference call that is blown in the end zone that, that costs us the game. If, if we execute better, that's, that, that, that's, that's just a, a talking point in, you know, whatever. But the fact that, the, the coaching staff, and I think a lot of it's the coaching staff, especially the offensive side, Levy to, to, to be the, the head honcho and the main person to point blame to, not being able to execute or come up with a better game plan. Like, it's just ridiculous the fact that offensively we are better and in, in, in total we're better. And, like, it's just it's, it's asinine to me that, we, we go to Kansas last week and we lose when we should have won. We go to Oklahoma State and we lose and we should have won. And everybody in the country knows that this Oklahoma team is a lot better and they've, they've shown it, they've proven it, and they still can't do it. It's just a lot of it I feel like is on the coaching staff as far as coming up with a better game plan and is, and executing said game plan. Like that, that's what it boils down to. But for a lot of the Oklahoma fans to – to point blame to the pass interference, whether they are or not, I don't know, but I don't think the pass interference call is the the main deciding factor on 
No. Oklahoma. It, it didn't single-handedly lose game. you the game. You're right, Ken, and you shouldn't be in that spot. I do think you have to, you know, acknowledge how bad of a call that was, especially when the third and, what, five uh, on OSU's possession, they call the P.I. on yeah. Vickers. But, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think most people would probably agree with that take. Um, it was a terrible call. There's no other way to say it. But you, you had plenty of opportunities late third and in the fourth quarter to go down and push that to a two-score game. And if you do that, yeah. you go you go in the game most likely. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And if if, if this can't if this this organization this this coaching staff this football team can't change things, I'm I'm scared to go into the SEC next year. And I'm I'm definitely scared to go into West Virginia and BYU and like I'm I'm very scared going into the rest of the season when after Texas I was very comfortable and excited and, and fired up for the rest sure. of the season. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I'm I'm hoping that they'll uh I was expecting them to figure it out after Kansas and apparently they didn't. So hopefully this is kind of a, a wake up call and a, a fire under their butts to, you know, finish out the season strong and and you know, hopefully that that will help out definitely going forward, especially with recruiting. That's I, I guess that's another question that I have is if they continue to perform poorly, how's that going to affect recruiting? Well, we saw it a couple of times last year. It's not going to be six and seven, um, Travis. I I mean, th- this is just me. Maybe it hurts you with Williams Winery. Maybe it hurts you with Grant Bricks. I, I don't know. I did see Nebraska lose today. But I just don't think that you're going to see a class that's what ranks six now on rivals completely crater. I, I just, I, I, at least I don't see that in the immediate future. What do you think? No, I don't think so either. I think they're selling long term stuff. And I also think they're selling, look, you could probably play pretty quickly. I mean, Josiah Wagner's playing second half snaps as a true freshman, Makari Vickers is playing second half snaps as a true freshman, Adipoju Edibara is playing second half snaps as a true freshman. I mean, you've got a lot Peyton Bowen obviously playing second half snaps as a true freshman like you have a if if you are the type of player we're going after I mean Caden Green true freshman playing the whole game like if you are a talented dude you look at an opportunity at Oklahoma and say hey man they got five or six true freshmen that are getting a lot of playing time late in the year I'm good enough as a Williams Winery. I'm good enough as whoever. Like, Williams Winery's not going to be a guy that thinks, oh, well, I mean, he's committed to Missouri, for goodness sakes. He's not going to look at Oklahoma and that defensive coaching staff and say, eh, I don't want to go waste away in Norman, Oklahoma. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. It's, you know, kind of the the, the biggest question, uh, I think, of the entire offseason, you know, even the rest of the season, is do OU fans run Jeff Levy out of town successfully? Like, are they, are they successful in that endeavor? And, A, what does that do to your recruiting class? And, B, who are you going to get to replace them? It, it, that, those are the two things. And you can say, well, you know, I don't care what it does to the recruiting class. It's not worth keeping them if, uh, you know, if, if, if you still got to deal with this stuff. Okay, okay. Be careful what you wish for. This isn't a situation where the grass is always greener on the other I know... I, look, I'm I'm not going to sit up, but can't just assume the next guy is going to be better and the next guy is going to bring in the talent that we're bringing in on the offensive side of the ball. There you go. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Kenan. Thank you. There you go. 405-329-9000. If you want to hop in, we've got one final hour of postgame coverage. Coming up next, Swinney Chevrolet, Sooner Game Day, wrap-up show rolls on right here on The Ref. 
Woody Chevrolet Center Game Day Wrap-Up Show. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, 405-329-9000. If you want to sign off with your post-game thoughts, Travis is at Buffalo Wild Wings in Stillwater. Uh, let me read a few texts here. Oh, you optimists, get whoever is calling these Washington uh, plays I am watching. Every play is north and south. 805, does Jackson Arnold leave? If Jebby Lee, uh, Jeff Levy leaves, I mean, we'll be, I'm sure, talking a lot about that throughout the throughout the next week. Uh, might as well start Jackson Arnold the rest of the throughout season. The next six months. Yeah, we're getting a whole lot of uh, should JFA start right now. And here's the deal, guys. Should he, should he not? Dylan Gabriel is your starter here moving forward. Will JFA, Jackson Arnold, potentially be more involved in the offense? Maybe, but he's not, he's not going to be your starter unless uh, – Gabriel's hurt at uh, any point this year. Just, just saying, Trav. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that uh, the the conversation about Jackson Arnold starting is probably coming from two places. So, if you are texting that in, I'd like to at least know which place it's coming from because one place is obviously the hey, Jackson Arnold gives us a better chance to win because he's better than Dylan Gabriel. Like it, that's an if that's your opinion, then you, it would lead you to say that Jackson Arnold should be starting right now. But I think, Tyler, a lot of the people's opinions are probably, look, this season's lost, doesn't matter, go ahead and play Jackson Arnold because we need to get him ready for the SEC. And I think those are two worthwhile ones, a little bit more worthwhile of a conversation. But, I mean, what does that tell you? What Like, if you move to Jackson Arnold now, what do you tell every player on your roster? You say, look, guys, this season we're kind of done. It's more important for us to uh, – get this guy ready for next season. I think that is a that is a dangerous, dangerous game to play with your locker room. What do you think? Oh, I, I totally agree, man. And, and, again, I just, like, you're punishing Dylan Gabriel essentially for something that's just not, I don't think, overall his fault. Yes, he has some shortcomings as a quarterback. We've covered that enough. But Dylan Gabriel, I mean, what would you say, 70% completion percentage today? Um, he threw for over 300 yards. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just he he's not – He's he's not the main issue. He he's he's just he's just not. And, and I get the point of getting With five Arnold drops. Revs. Five drops. Yeah, yeah. I just I I I don't love that take, but that's just me. Uh, back to the phone lines. I believe we have Sam in Edmond. Sam, you're on the post game show. What's up, man? What's up, Sammy? Man, I'm gonna try to rein this back in just a little bit. All right. Uh, I'm gonna ask you two guys a question before I start. Okay. What did you guys pick? What did you guys pick OU before the season started? Well, Sam, I bet the over on nine and a half, and I think I picked him at ten and two. Travis, did you pick him at ten and two as well? Um, yeah, I think I, I think t- my full prediction I think was ten and two while playing Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship. So I'll, I'll okay. take the first end of that bet and, and say that's still live. Right, so, yeah, yeah. So I, I still think this team goes ten and two. I, I think uh, West Virginia is not a great team. We got them at home. I think Oklahoma beats them. TCU's terrible. I think you beat TCU. I think most people, when they pick that, pick a loss to Texas and a loss at BYU. BYU is not any good. If you go out and you lose to BYU, then I'll probably jump on board and say you got real problems. But you win these these next three games and you're 10-2, and two, this league's going to still beat up on itself. There's still a chance, albeit an outside chance, that you play for the Big 12 championship game. It can still happen. Now, with that being said, I think everybody's mad at who and how we lost, right? You shouldn't lose to Kansas. 
and you're way more talented than Oklahoma State, and you shouldn't lose to those guys either. So this team is still right where everybody picked them. It's still a 6-7 and team from last year. Expectations after beating Texas went through the roof, including my own. You know, I fed into it. I said, hey, you know, this team's a playoff team. Maybe they even win a game in the playoff. Who knows? But but they just have played bad football the past three games. It's just the thing, Sam. I I don't disagree. I don't disagree, Tyler. It, it It looks a lot like last season after they hit mid midway in the season and the defense got really tired and just fell off. It's kind of surprising because of the depth in the that, that we have right now that the defense is kind of regressing. And, and you know what? They, they played a bad, like, 18 minutes, I guess, and gave up 17 points. After that, the defense played really well, honestly. Oh, that's great, yeah. They played really well. They gave up a couple big plays. They held Ollie Gordon on multiple fourth and ones. Like, you, you can't – you, you turn the ball over on the 20 or the 15 or whatever it was, or 18, uh, with a snap that hit Dylan in the foot, and your defense holds them to a field goal to give you a chance to go win the game. Okay, so a couple things lost this game. I, I don't like I don't like Levy's offense. I know it's already been said, so I don't want to rehash it. I don't care for the RPO. multiple calls on big downs, throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I know you already mentioned it, Tyler, a third and eight. Throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I I honestly think they called that because they can't kick field goals, so they wanted a few yards to go for it on fourth down. It's basically just like a run. But if that's what you're doing, run the guys that's getting yards. I agree, man. Run Sawchuck. Run Tawee. You Don't you just had a sixty four yard touchdown run a couple of uh, series before that. I mean you were you had, were having success play, there. That play is essentially a jet sweep. It's nothing different except for you're throwing the ball to the wide receiver and attack their secondary. A, because when they did yeah. that at times today, that worked. So I mean, if you want to throw it on third and eight, I'm cool with that. But just go attack it down the field. I it's just yeah, yeah throw, throw the ball right. Yeah, and not having a place kicker that you can rely on. Helped you lose that game, too. You miss one. Shouldn't have been a 51-yarder. Should have been closer. I still don't think he makes it. So it's from the left hash. For some reason, he pushes every one of those right. I don't understand it. It's just what happens. There was at least one or two other instances that you went for it when you could have kicked field goals. So if you have a place kicker that's – and I don't want to bag on the kid. If you have one that you can rely on, you're not in that situation. Now – if you have some play calls that actually attack a defense and you're aggressive and you go after their throat, you're probably not in that situation anyway. That defense gave you the ball back multiple times, and you couldn't do anything with it. You're up 21-17. I think they had six drives with the school score at 21-17, and you put no points on the board. Correct. None. Some really good Zero. field positions in those spots too, including yeah. a uh, so, Billy Bowman then, interception. There you go. Another interception that should fill the game, honestly. And you go, I think, Tawee ran for 11 yards and a first down. You ran two more times to Tawee, and then Dylan runs the ball. And you're stuffed on fourth, and then he punts it, however, however it went. Maybe three That's Tawee exactly. runs, whatever it was, yeah. right? It, it, it just – and I, I don't want to run Levy out of town. I do agree with you guys. I don't think he's called any offense of any place he's been. He's gotten the credit. I think Heifel called the plays. I know Lane Kiffin was calling the plays. We could see it on the sideline. I think he needs help. I think that's where 
we need to be at this point is someone, maybe it's a co-offensive coordinator, and maybe he leaves if you do that. Maybe it forces him to leave. I don't know. But I don't, and I think you guys said it last week on the radio, I don't think he's bad. I just don't think he's ready for this spotlight. I don't think he's ready for the animal that is calling plays. It's just too inconsistent. Like, you'll call some good stuff from time to time, and it's like they have their second touchdown drive. It's like, okay, good, yeah, you're running up the middle there. Like, you're you're running it right at them. You're attacking their secondary, and then, you know, the next drive, you might have just something totally random. So it's just not it's not consistent. It's all over the place. It's it's frustrating. But, hey, Sam, Sam, good good to hear from you, though, man. The the worst play call of the year is calling a three-yard out on a fourth and five to win the – to to get a first down to extend the game. That is – that is the most inex- – I, I would rather you throw a 45-yard pass down the field than throw a three-yard out on fourth and five to the short side of the field. I agree. I agree. Good to hear that from you, Sam. compounds it. But, yeah, man, you guys are doing a great job. Hey, we'll, we'll still be here next week. And, you know, they run the table from here. They're still 10-2. and two, So, everybody chill out a little bit and uh, have a couple beers. Make you feel better. I will. Uh, I will definitely be having a couple of beers after this post game show is over. I can tell you that much, Travis. But he- here's the thing: like, yes, like ten and two before the year, a lot of us predicted it. Um, it felt like maybe that could be a successful season. It was ten wins or bust. We said it all off season, ten wins or bust. But after you beat that Texas team, who has really kind of struggled for the most part, I don't think that this looks like some great Texas team. Like, my biggest issue right now, even if they go 10-2, and two, is just the way that things are trending. The way that things are trending with this team, I just don't – I don't feel good right now about the overall direction that things are going because it feels like they've really regressed the past month. And maybe if they go 10-2, and two, I'll feel better. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, really crazy about any of the three wins down the stretch. It's just, to me, Travis, more than anything, it's it's got to look a lot better than it does right now because – we all know what they're walking into next year, and that's going to be no joke, dude. And if you're not better than what you are this season, if it doesn't get a whole lot better, you'll, you'll get exposed in that league. Yeah, you will, for sure. Um, and and I, think, I think we've seen improvements from last year. Uh, I do think, I forget who called earlier. It was a good call, I remember. But the phrase, look, lose, two, two, lose nine games over two years. That's not good enough at Oklahoma. Yeah, but that's a little that's a little disingenuous, isn't it? I mean, when seven of those wins are in year one, and you now can't lose seven games in year two, the worst you can lose is five. Which obviously, the point is that's not good enough either. But like, you're at least trending in the right direction, and I know that's going to annoy people because we're in a microwave society, and everybody's like, "Hey, Oklahoma, boom! We need to get back to the stoop standards on day one, at least by day two or day three, something like that." But We've seen gradual, you know, success on uh, on the defensive side of the ball, or at least improvement. And then, and then, you know, we've got a lot of talented guys that are coming in next year. They're going to be fighting for spots that are true freshmen, that are redshirt freshmen, that are true sophomores. Uh, I, I still think 18 months into a rebuild is is a little bit early to pull the cord, but. Man, Levy's got to show out these last few games, man. Like man. from a play calling perspective. Like I said, I know he can design offenses. I need this. I know. I need him to show me that he can call the plays. But I don't know. In twenty twenty three, Tyler, can you run up tempo until they change the rules about taking dives? Like, yeah, can it's... you can you legitimately get in rhythm running up tempo with that? Because 
we got taken out of rhythm. I mean, Brent brought it up in the post game. He didn't he didn't bring it up specifically, but he said, "Yeah, we just couldn't find a rhythm offensively." And yes, that's on Dylan Gabriel, that's on Jeff Levy, that's on everybody. But also, it does get a little tough when you pick up first downs and you're really gaining steam, especially in the second and third quarter, and you and you have to go to a TV timeout because there's another poke lane on the ground. It happened five times, Tyler. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's an issue for this offense. It's something that's out of their control. But here's my issue: it feels like they can only move the ball up and down the field consistently when they have tempo. And when they don't have tempo, like, they can't just kind of sit back and slow things down. It's like they have to have tempo to run the ball. They have to have tempo to hit on some big plays. And I just don't think you want tempo to be the only thing or everything you do offensively. You want it to be a tool. You want it to have be something in your back pocket that says, all right, let's go up tempo on these guys this drive and really get them on their heels. But – that's the thing, man. A lot easier to stop this offense and do the full fake injury crap when, for the most part, all this team can do to move the ball right now is tempo. I don't know. It's just disappointing when you lose on the road. I, I, the, the 10 wins, I understand, but when you lose to Kansas and Oklahoma State in consecutive weeks, yeah, it doesn't have me feeling real uh, real great about things right now. 405-329-9000. More of your phone calls next. More of your text as well right here on The Ref. Woody Chevrolet Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Travis Davison. We just got a text that uh, I was not ready for and I am not ready to discuss just yet. Do we root for Texas or Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game? Yet not mentally prepared we root for to go Kansas. there just yet. Man. 5-1 and one, We root Texas. for Kansas. 5-1 and one, Oklahoma State is what it looks like right now. Man, tied at the top of the conference standings. Oh, boy. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Ryan from Grady County. Ryan, you're on the postgame show. What's up? What's going on, Ryan? Ryan? Good. I'm just sitting out here with my dad on the back porch trying to process this. I've been watching these games since the 80s, and my dad's been watching them since the 60s. And I'm kind of astonished, man. Like we, we turned on the station to try to get the reaction get the pulse of the fan base and I think every one of your callers is basically missing the entire point I've been watching all these games for this many years and my dad and I are sitting here talking about it there's nothing the game today was not about Jeff Levy the game today was not about play calling this was the most blatant referee BS I've ever seen in my entire life and it's the second game in a row that I've watched the referees insert themselves with three 15-yard penalties on the very last drive in the fourth quarter to give the other team a score they didn't earn, and this time they took one away from us. It is ridiculous, and I'm never a guy that will call cheating, but this is blatant, outright unfairness by the Big 12 and the referees, and I think that Brent Venables and Joe Harris need to come out with a statement. I basically, I don't even care anymore. I don't even want to watch any more of the games. I think it's, I think it's rigged. I think this conference is Mickey Mouse, and I couldn't be more glad to leave a bigger bunch of losers than this. And these Aggies, they can take this this, uh, this fake win all they want. This was not about any of this, and I'm so tired, so sick and tired of hearing the OU fan with the low T that points the finger at himself that doesn't understand that sometimes you're going to run into a game that's going to be close, and you're going to have a close down-to-the-wire end, and you're always like, well, we shouldn't be in that position. Sometimes you are in that position, and when you're dealing with that referee with that S on his back that can't call a pass interference, it's right in front of him, and Drake Stoops even catches that ball. I don't know how he caught it, but this was the most blatant, disgusting thing. It, it's, it should be reprimanded. It should be called out publicly. And I scold the Big 12, and I have shame for them. 
and I am so glad to be gone. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, it's I, – I don't know how it's not pass interference. Um, I, I don't think the DB ever turned his head around. Maybe he did it the last second, but he literally tackled Drake Stoops in the end zone. Drake had two feet in. You can't call it an uncatchable ball. Um, I've seen a lot of bad calls here the past couple of years, and that one was uh, – the 2021 no call there was bad, but that was – yeah, it was – it, 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 I mean, it was terrible. It was, it was and awful. That's not, I'm, Tyler, not, I'm not, even talking, I'm not t- even talking about bad call. I am talking about – I'm going to take you back to the fourth quarter KU last week. Uh, a very, very questionable uh, – what was a personal foul on a tackle. I, it shouldn't have been a personal foul. I've seen a million plays just like that. Then a phantom call on the coaching staff on the sidelines, not even addressed, and then the slide – and the, the completely ridiculous, there's no call, and then the Big 12 buzzes down and says, oh, look, targeting. And so we end up losing that game. Yeah, we, get, we didn't play good, and that was a just debacle with what Jeff Levy did. Fast forward to today, we get down to the very final seconds of the fourth quarter. We get a pass interference call, which, in my opinion, <laughs> was offensive pass interference, whatever they called it. Venable simply goes out and says, hey, what's the deal on that? I watched Gundy walk out and get on the middle of the field about when there was 12 men on the field. What'd they do? No, no flag on Gundy. Let's review that and see if that's okay. But the minute Venable stepped out and all he did was say, what's the deal on that? Boom, the flag goes out. Then we go down there. We have them held pretty good. And they threw a pass interference on us in the end zone. The ball's 30 feet in the air. And then they come back with the soup sinks. I'm telling you, it's a concerted effort on the Big 12. I, I, I really wouldn't care if OU said, Fuck it. I'm not going to play for that. Uh, okay, all right, all right. We've we got to have that. I appreciate yeah, the phone call, Ryan. Okay, appreciate right. the phone call, Ryan. You can't say that. Yeah, cannot, uh, um, cannot say that. So, yeah, but saying? I'll tell you what. He he was cooking there for a little while. i gotta, I got to shout him out. He was cooking there for a little while. How about this? What do you think the downside is to uh, old, uh, old Joe Castiglione or Harris uh, putting out a statement about something like that? I mean, what, what's the Big 12 going to do, right? Well, I mean, he's done it before. It, it, not that it, <laughs> he put out a statement after yeah, right. Nebraska was 11 a.m. a few years ago. Right, but and it's not. It's and and I know it's going to come across like just sour grapes. I mean, I get it, and and pe- it's okay. People can have that opinion, but I'd like at least to say something. Like, let it be news. Like, let let your mark answer questions about it. Like, because if that if that comes out. It need it needs to legitimately be answered by your mark. It needs to be answered by the head of officials for the Big Twelve. It needs to be answered by a lot because it's Tyler. It's nationally people are going. Wait, what? How is that not a? Oh man, this is bad. How is that not a call? How is that not a call? I mean, it's it's ooh, it's getting ugly. But like uh, like my good friend Morgan says, the season is not over, and it's important to remember that we have a couple more games. Got some opportunity here. Still gets a ten and two, just like Sammy said, and uh, but hey, I'm that the caller was cooking before he, uh, you know, started feeling a little froggy. So I don't know. I, I think a statement or something would at least be nice. Uh, in case you missed it, Brent Venables was asked about the missed PI call on Drake Stoops. Uh, "Quotes: I thought that's what pass interference was." So we know Brent is a guy that will take a question and he'll give a two and a half, three and a half, sometimes an eight and a half minute answer. So it was just one sentence. I thought that's what pass interference was. I think that's pretty uh, 
simple and to the point as to how Brent Venables feels about that. Drake Stoops was asked about it. I don't have the exact quote, but he thought that he caught the ball and it should have been reviewed. Now, going back and looking at that play, I don't, I, I don't think if that play was reviewed, it would have been called a touchdown. But Drake was saying that, uh, yeah, I thought I made a play. Maybe they should have at least reviewed it. So, I don't know. Not, uh, not, not great. That's for sure. But terrible penalty. Had opportunities though. Late third, early fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter to, uh, to put that football game away. Disappointing, disappointing ending for sure. Uh, let me get to a handful of text here before we hit a break. Jimmy and Edmund, watching the USC game is so frustrating. It's like watching OU for five years score and never stop anyone. This game might be 100 to 100. I saw that USC was up 14-7. Is it like 14 all now out there in L.A.? No, it is, uh, it is Washington 7, USC 14. Uh, third down for Michael Penix Jr., uh, here they're driving. Ooh, third and 18. So 12 minutes left in the second quarter, but they are just outside the red zone, so they are in field goal range. Bowl game possibilities for 10 and 2 OU as a, as a texture from the 918. Well, um, 10 and 2 OU that doesn't get breaks down the stretch and doesn't play for a Big 12 championship, you're looking at, and I don't think that this is likely, but you're asking for possibilities, an at large berth in a New Year's Tyler, Six. Tyler, like Tyler, Tyler. Bowl. Yeah. I have to interrupt you. In true Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch defensive fashion, on third and 18, they give up a 22-yard receiving touchdown. It is now tied 14-14, Washington and USC. So I thought that was worth an update. Uh, okay, so Fiesta Bowl, like if you get an at-large bid and a New Year's Six, maybe. I don't think that that's super likely. Um, if you were to go 10-2, and two, probably Alamo Bowl is what I would guess. Alamo Bowl most likely, and then what the Pop-Tarts Bowl is after that. 10-2 and two OU, I would say, highest percentage on the Alamo Bowl. Uh, but, right, I mean, <laughs> hopefully you're 10-2 and two with the way that this football team is playing right now because, yeah, I think they're better than West Virginia, BYU, and TCU, but this team's got some problems right now, and I just I can't look at any of those games and say, that's an easy W, mark it up. That's all they have to do is show up. 405-329-9000, yeah. more phone calls, more texts when we get back right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. It is the Sooner Game Day wrap-up show brought to you by Wendy Chevrolet right here on The Ref. Appreciate Wendy Chevrolet for supporting us, pre- and post-game coverage, and, of course, Buffalo Wild Wings and Stillwater for having Travis out for pre- and post-game today. Let's go back to the phone lines. Sooner Bear, you're on the post-game show. What's up? Hey, thank you for taking my call. It's my yep. first time to call hey. into the show. I've been a fan since the 60s of OU football. I feel like our defense played well enough today to win the game. Great. Those fourth down stops were awesome. I feel like we have a very good quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. We don't have a great quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. I don't think he is the one that was ever going to take us to the national title. The two fumbles, maybe it wasn't all his fault, but he had a hand in the two fumble turnovers, and then he forced the ball downfield that I feel like he's not taking what the game gives him. He's forcing some deep balls. What do you think? Um, I don't think he's perfect. Um, I think I've said it three or four times now. I, I, I definitely think he has some deficiencies. Is he a good enough quarterback to lead this team to a national championship? No, and I never thought he was, but was did I look at him as good enough for this team to accomplish all of its goals this year? Yeah, I do, and 
yes, he makes an interception on a deep ball. Or he throws a pick, but you know that's still like that works out like a punt if you want to look at it that way. I, I guess I just don't look at this game as one where Dylan Gabriel was really bad and cost this team today. If we want to point blame offensively, I would much rather place blame on the uh, play caller on Jeff Levy than I than I would Dylan Gabriel. I mean, he, he, look at it this way: he he puts a perfect pass in Nick Anderson's hands and he drops it. Everyone's talking I, I about the pass that. interference call that was terrible. Dylan Gabriel put the ball where it needed to be, so he, he didn't always get helped out at times either with some of the throws he made. I, I think he's a very good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, and I'm a big fan of his, by the way. I just don't think today was a great game for him. Yeah. All right, hey, appreciate the phone call, Cedar Bear. All right, take care. Tyler, what do you Tyler, what do you think, first of all, I know it would be much different for obvious reasons, but what do you think the conversation around Dylan Gabriel is if Drake Stoops holds, like, catches that ball, no matter whether he's held or knocked over or whatever, catches that ball and Dylan Gabriel would then have thrown the go-ahead touchdown pass in the final two minutes of the game? What do you think at least the conversation is like if if osu comes back and kicks a field goal is dylan still the you know the problem is dylan still the guy that can't get you there like it's it's interesting how much hinges just on a play here or a play there but i'm with you it's if you watch today's game and you're like man dylan gabriel ain't it i i, oof, I don't know yeah. man I, 26 I, I just, 37 I which is good 344 one touchdown one interception um, he didn't give you a ton on the ground today. I mean, there just wasn't really a lot there. But, I mean, 26 to 37, and we talked about Nick Anderson drops a ball. Brennan, uh, Brennan Thompson drops a ball on fourth down. Uh, Drake Stoops doesn't get the call in the end zone. So, what, he has nine completions. There's a third of your incompletions right there, Travis, on Nick Anderson drop. Yeah, it would have Brennan Thompson dropping a Mathematically, Mathematically, he had five drops. Math- just – just assume drops count as catchable balls, right? If in a perfect world the receivers catch them all, that's eighty-three percent completion percentage. Um, you know, on the road, hostile environment, everything like that. So, no, I don't. I don't think. Like I said, he said he was in on both fumbles. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, they snapped the ball to Devontae Barnes, and then he freaked out and handed it to Dylan Gabriel. You could say that's on Dylan Gabriel, and then the other one, the snap hit him in the you know low, and you could say that's on Dylan Gabriel too. I don't. I don't think that's I, – I, I don't – again, I just don't look at today's game and say, man, Dylan Gabriel lost us this game. But, 100%. you know, it, it, it's it's a team effort as always. So quarterbacks are going to get unreasonable blame and credit. That's how the position works. KW the 918, five, five starters out on offense and defense. We're just not good enough yet because of our own mistakes to overcome. Such egregious calls like the P.I. call on Vickers and non-P.I. on Stoops that literally gave him the game. Cannot wait to get out of this conference. Um, let's see, 405, defense did not play well enough to win. Did you watch the first half? Yeah, I did watch the first half. They gave up 17 points in the first, what, 18, 20 minutes of the game. But this is college football, man. Like, if our expectations all of a sudden after a defense last year are to only give up 10 points per game, I think that that's pretty unrealistic. Yeah, it was not a great start, but... 24 points should be enough to win the game. 24 points, and you get two fourth-down stops and a huge turnover that puts the offense at midfield? 
What are we talking about? If that's not good enough to win a game, Travis, against an OSU defense that came in pretty awful. Like, that's not a good OSU defense. 24 points, excuse me, 27 points against those guys, that is good enough to win. I do think the defense played well today. Yeah, I think the defense played played well situationally, right? I, I think it's the same thing we're saying against Kansas, right? Defense played well situationally, but it was just that one play here or there that they that they let go off. And, 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 yeah, being down, we just can't afford right now to be down, A, Danny Stutzman. He's a Butkus semifinalist and the leader of your defense, the best player on your defense. Him being out. I think I think was was I, without him the defense played incredibly given those uh, you know given those uh, conditions. But yeah, I mean we were leading in the fourth quarter and had only given up 21 points at the time. I mean you can say did you not watch the? No, we watched it and we were still in a position to win the game. We were winning in the fourth quarter and it was the offenses really the offenses kind of weird just ineffectiveness down the stretch that cost the game. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Greg. Greg, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, first-time caller. How you guys doing? Uh, I've yeah, been better, better, Greg. I've been better. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I just want to – there's so many things that just pile up. It seems like since we haven't been playing well these last few weeks. But it's, it's everything from missed interference calls, which – they call one on Nick Anderson, an offensive interference on him on a pick play, which he barely touches a guy, and yet the OSU receiver shoves Macari Vickers to the ground, and they call defensive interference to the two previous interference calls on Farouk both times down the field that the that OSU defender never turned around and basically ripped, ripped his arms down to his sides when the ball hit him in the hand twice to that last one of Drake Stoops getting tackled in the end zone. It, it, I mean, I'm with that other caller. The, the Big 12 officiating is horrible towards OU. It's horrible. And then when you pile onto that, you've got, just for instance, the fourth down call, you got a route that doesn't go past the first down marker. You've got a quarterback, which Dylan Gabriel played well today, but he throws the ball to a guy that's not past the first down marker to a play call where you're running a route that doesn't get to the first down marker. It just piles on top of each other. Yeah, this team is its own worst enemy in a lot of ways, unfortunately, Greg. Um, Travis, I'll let you respond to that as well, but just when something good happens and you create a turnover and you got some momentum on the offensive side, it's like, hey, OSU had 12 men on the field. Here you go. Here's a chance to push it to two scores then you have a play that has negative yards, a false start. You lose like nine yards before you even get to the second down. It's it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, and I, I don't know, it seems like this team is like allergic to momentum because every time, man, and there were a lot of OU fans in there, every time, like the fourth down play, man, finally get a stop, right? I'll tell you what, this defense loves them some short yardage plays, don't they? But they finally get a big stop, right? And you're ready, boom, their big star running back, you plant him, and all of a sudden, offense squanders it. Then all of a sudden, offense squanders it. All of a sudden, you get a penalty here. You know, you get a false start here. You get, you know, it's, and, and those those penalties, like false starts and whatnot, like, that has nothing to do with the refs. That's, that's just lack of discipline. Yep. So, with that, it's. I've never seen a team, Tyler, seem so allergic to momentum because they try and get rid of it like they're playing hot potato. 
Yeah. Hey, can I offer up, um, Greg, just like one positive thing? I, I'm not trying to make this night to be a, a positive night, really. I mean, it, it's a bad loss. Um, Kip Lewis had one hell of a game, and that's oh, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I think he's your next big time linebacker. I, I I've always liked Kip Lewis. I have for a while. I, I, he's he's a really good player. Yeah, I, I agree, guys. And and another thing that if you watch these other games, these interference calls that OU is not getting, every other conference, every other game in the Big Twelve, these teams are getting those same calls. It that there there is definitely they definitely one hundred percent do not want OU in that Big Big Twelve championship game. Yeah, I just don't know how you how you just totally missed that. Guys in position, it's right in front of him. I mean, what else? What else do you need to call a flag? I agree. Hey, right. Greg, good talking to you, man. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I don't know who texted this in. I'm going to scroll down and find it. But it said, Travis, Tyler, get home and have a nice adult beverage or 10. Yeah, my wife and I are going to dinner uh, as soon as this postgame show's over. That, uh, that, is, that is happening. Final segment of the Wendy Chevrolet Center Game Day wrap-up show. Quick scoreboard update. 21 all in L.A. Washington had a long touchdown run on a third and three. 21-21 between the Huskies and Trojans. 6.45 left in the second quarter. Bama and LSU all tied at 14. Three minutes left in the second quarter. KU's up on Iowa State. 14-3, Huff time in Ames, Iowa. Uh, we appreciate all the interaction as always. So many texts rolled in. We weren't able to get to 10% of those, but just know that we really appreciate you guys showing up every single uh, Saturday before and after the game and, of course, throughout the week as well, uh, giving all your opinions on uh, OU football. And we'll go to the phone lines one final time. Ryan, no pressure, but you get the final word on this Saturday evening. You're on the postgame show. What's up? You know, brothers, uh, I'm going to keep this clean, unlike another caller that we had on there. <laughs> yes, earlier. please, please do, please. Yeah, I'm going to keep this clean. You know, uh, I'm old enough to remember my dad freaking out when Von Shaman kicked field goal against uh, Ohio State. I've been a Sooner fan for a long time, and I got really vested. You know, a couple of years here recently, I wasn't as vested because I saw the softness. And I saw the disappointment coming. I, I really did. But this year, I saw I got vested. My dad, who's still alive, got vested. And last week, I saw the softness creep back. I saw the undisciplined play creep back. And I'm shocked by it because I believe in BV. I really do. I believe in BV. But today... Uh, 14 beers, a couple whiskeys, and I'm really embarrassed and disappointed because not in the players. It's not in the players. I think the players, we have the players. They're good. The players are good, and I see a lot of heart. Dylan Gabriel plays with a lot of heart. I see him hamstringed. He's hamstringed by an OC that is unwilling to go for it. And when are we going to expect somebody to go for it? That's all I got to say. Yeah. Hey, appreciate the phone call. Um, Fourteen beers and a couple of whiskeys, though. That is, that's a hell of a day, there, Travis. I mean, win, win, lose, or draw. Anytime you can uh, have that type of day. Yeah. Man. That's SEC ready. That's, that is SEC ready, man. That's SEC ready for sure. All right, let's wrap this thing up with our final thoughts. 
Connor, uh, what's your final thoughts here, man, as uh, OU drops this one, 27-24? Yeah, I mean, I get people talking crap on the defense, but, man, boys, it felt like later in the first half and most of that second half, they started to settle down in the game. They gave you plenty of stops and uh, plenty of opportunities to make that thing a two-possession game. And after that dumb play by Mike, Mike Gundy and uh, to throw the interception, Bowman picked it off. Man, I thought that was a chance for OU to go down and, yeah, get that get that game out of the way and make it two possessions. That was not the case, and you just kept giving the ball back to OSU. And at the end of the day, the the defense just started to get uh, really tired late in the game. Yeah, that's a that's a tough loss for sure. Trav, what do you think? Back to the drawing board. Uh, you got to make some big decisions if you're uh, if you're Brent Venables right now, um, because I think the fan base is going to show up at Jeff Levy's house with some pitchforks. So uh, you got to you got to. I don't know if you got to have a show of support somehow, if he even wants to support him. Um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, you gotta, you gotta win out. You gotta win out. You gotta, you gotta go 10 and 2. Yeah. Gotta go 10 and 2, win a bowl game, something like that. You just lost back to back games against ranked opponents on the road. You get home, regroup, you know, get healthy. Hopefully Stutzman's back. Hopefully Gentry works through his injury. Key works through his injury. Things like that. Like it's uh, you know it's sombering a bit. The season yeah. goals are officially done. Yeah, it was all about uh, it was all about winning a conference championship and doing some things this year. But then also having momentum going into the SEC and I, I mean it feels like you you've lost that right now. And the only way to get it back is to finish ten and two and beat a really good team in a bowl game. I don't know if you're going to have that opportunity. Uh, whatever bowl game you're going to to beat a really good team. But 10-11 wins, you, you got to have it. Really 11 wins if you want to have some momentum moving forward in the SEC. But the challenge um, challenge is about to get a whole lot tougher. I think we all know that. I, I would also like to thank the textures. And we love all the interaction. We, we really do. But the small percentage of fans that have tried to offer at least a little bit of comedy during this darkness, uh, this texter says, 27 whiskeys in today waiting for the Bedlam game to start. Why is the pregame show so dis- so depressing? If only, if only this was the pregame show and you get to do God. it over. Oh, oh, the th- oh, the things we would change. If well, they, they would do it over. They would have to go find more goalposts goal because uh, for the yeah. second week in a row, it is such a big deal to beat Oklahoma that they rushed the field and took down the goalposts. Tyler, I'm going to be real worried when teams stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many times it happened uh, last year. Did Tech or TCU tear down the field goal post when they won? I don't, I don't remember if they did or not. Um, TCU definitely rushed the field, but I'm not sure uh, what happened to their goal post. TCU, they've got some, uh, they've got some pretty hoity-toity fans. I don't think they want to get their hands dirty yeah, like that. Prob- probably true. They probably hire someone to do it out there. It's probably what they do. Yeah, exactly. They've got a guy for that. All right, that's going to do it for us. Again, appreciate Buffalo Wild Wings for uh, having Travis out up there in Stillwater and appreciate Wendy Chevrolet for their continued support of the ref and our pre- and post-game coverage. It ain't going to be fun on Monday. It's not going to feel any better on Monday talking about it, but we're going to do it starting at 6 a.m. We'll talk to you on Monday right here on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.